0: right, Brendan Goulin joining us coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll get to the bottom of the Ohio State quarterback discussion as college football kicks off this weekend. Right now, we're talking at 216-474-0092. Are we anointing the defense a little bit too early? I get it. When Ken says he needs to see it, I get it. Browns last season went in like Ari with the paintball gun and clean house when it came to people that were problematic. But defensively, it was mainly Clowney, John Johnson, Joe Woods, you now have Thornhill, Smith, Tomlinson in mixed with the draft picks and guys like Oboe as well. It's not that many new faces. I do wonder if the season depends on the defense. I wonder how much of this season depends on the defense. I am the king of I need to see it to believe it, though. I'm a pragmatic human, and pragmatic humans need to see things before they call it. But I would be shocked beyond shocked if the defense just looked bad. I'm trying to draw the root. Maybe this would be a funner. Funner's not a word. A better exercise. For us to do, you tell me the route where you think this defense actually ends up being anywhere close to as bad as what they were last year with Joe Woods. Joe Woods in that weak quarters coverage that wasn't stopping anyone. You know, when he ripped off the Vic Fangio defense that ended up just absolutely. Just murdering teams all across the NFL. Minnesota became bad. Chargers became bad until Staley uh, decided to abandon it. The Packers were a bad defensive team. All these teams tried that quarters coverage nonsense that was good three years ago when the Rams became the number one defense behind it. Joe Woods tried it, failed, got fired because of it, had to update the LinkedIn page. In comes the wide nine. In comes Jim Schwartz. And I just don't see how it doesn't work. I'm not saying they're going to be number three overall like Shiel Kapadia, but you tell me how and why it wouldn't end up working. I know there's a lot of hype here. I'm driving the hype train, offensively and defensively. We have way too many players, and we don't have the deficiencies that we used to have. Anytime you had a game last year, if the other team did an ounce of research, I'm not talking like a dissertation's worth. I'm talking like an ounce of of research, all they knew was they had to run the ball to win. You found out really quick which teams wanted to go ahead and take that route and which ones didn't. Arthur Smith is a genius head coach in my mind for a while. Uh I can't say forever because it was right there in front of him, but for a while because he ran the ball 14 straight times with backed-up running backs, and it didn't matter. 14 straight runs he had in that game. Didn't matter. Waited and camped out for the Brissette interception. It came at an unto, un- uh, Timely moment. Not that there's a good moment to have an interception, and off to the races. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Daryl, up next on the fan. How how are you today? I'm alright. How about yourself? I'm good. What's on your mind?
1: Uh, I ain't gonna lie, man. I, I'm really one of those people that that agrees with Ken. Like you got to prove it to me because I ain't gonna lie. We've had star-studded lineups and like we just keep folding though. Like and everybody's saying, like, the Browns is the Browns, but it's like we need to show people, like, these are the new generation Browns, like, the Browns that can actually win. Like, I like how we was a dark horse to win a uh, Super Bowl because I feel like if all our pieces come aligned or co and do what they're supposed to do together – with the, the sound watching the Nick sub and Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, because Elijah Moore is a person who I wanted from the Jets. And when we were talking about him, I was like, please go get him. And we actually went and got him. And I was like, I love that for the Browns, because he is amazing to me, to be honest. But I just feel like our defense, our defense needs the whole day load, and the offense needs the whole there. Like if the defense can't do it, then the offense needs to do it. And if the offense can't do it, then we should be able to rely on our defense to do it. Also, and I love that we got rid of Kane York because I actually liked him, but he just he sold the bag. So
0: whoa, 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 Daryl, Daryl, Daryl! You can't, you can't. Yeah, I know you got excited there. Can't say that one, buddy. I mean, I know, I know you got excited, but Jesus, woo. All right. All right. Honestly, the way I felt in the first hour, where I was just angry at everything, and then in between the break, I just continued to be angry and angry at everything, because the Guardians got me extremely just the Guardians wrecked my day today, okay? Odyssey rewind, go back and, and listen to it. They've already they've ruined my day today. There's no doubt about it. I get just wrecked. Just wrecked. Go back and listen to the segment though. Uh, I had strong money on me being the one to curse on air before Caller today. I don't even swear. One thing you guys should know about me, like a lot of radio hosts you'll hear, they'll, they'll say something like uh, something to the effect of, oh, man, if I could be on Sirius XM radio, I would let it fly. Not me. I don't swear. I don't swear in my day-to-day life. I used to. As a kid, I used to swear all the time. All the time, because as a kid you learn that it was like for dramatic effect. Once you realize that people reacted to when you swore, it was like a drug. I couldn't stop swearing. I was like, I'm going to swear at everybody and anyone. Because as a as a 12 year old, when you see the look on people's faces when you drop one, they're like, he said what? Never in front of my parents though. Never in front of my parents, obviously. Uh, and then as I as I got older, I just thought it was very I, a little uncouth. Let's put it that way. But you get excited. You get excited sometimes, and it happens. But I knew I knew for me, though, I knew for me, with broadcasting, because I am so much me off the air that I am on the air, I knew I would never stand a chance if I was one of those radio hosts that tried to swear off the air and then just tried to do whatever you could on the air. I never thought you could be your authentic self if you are someone that swears off the air and then also brings it to on the air. I've seen enough radio guys do it. I, it's just not me. I can't do that. I'm way too much, way too much what I am on the mic, off the mic. And so I know I would just be, I'd be cursing all over the place. So I have a strict like, no, I just don't do it. But the way I was earlier wouldn't have surprised me. 216474 to below 92. All right. Do you agree with Daryl though? Daryl's like, Hey, I need to see it in order to believe it. If I'm going to buy into this defense, it's going to be because I've seen it with my own two eyes and I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. What I'm calling for, and this is why I think this team is going to be so much better, not only because I, I have such high belief in what Deshaun Watson is going to be this year, and I really do, I can't stress it enough. I so much confidence in this offense, I think they're going to be magnificent, I really do. But defensively, I think we're going to go from the defense winning us legitimately one game last year to maybe something closer to what the Eagles had, where they had five games last season that were won because the offense didn't have to do anything but show up and and basically just play a normal game. Five games where they didn't have to sweat, and they still would have been able to walk away with a win because their defense was so utterly good and dominant that it didn't matter. Like I heard earlier today, we'll have this in the fan focus. Lima made a great point. Lima had mentioned how in order to win game one of the season against the Bengals, we got to score 30-plus points. Because Joe Burrow can do whatever he wants. Joe Burrow is one of those few quarterbacks out there that can just basically call out their numbers at this point. And I think there is a couple of them out there. It's Burrow, Mahomes, and that's it. But he can call out his number. Browns are going to to put up points. But if we can get a couple of those games... Where it's not necessarily 30 going into it, where we're like, you scored 20 against this team and we got a W? That's what I'm looking for. We didn't have any of those last year. We're going into it. We're like, let's rely on the defense to get us a W today. 216474 to below 92. Mike in Streetsboro up next on the fan. Hello, Mike. Yo, Mike? I got your mic back on. There you are. Thank, uh, there you are, Mike. Uh, our apologies. Okay. Here you go. Okay. okay. Is this Jonathan Peterman? Peter Lynn. Yes, you got it.
2: Yeah, 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 John. I, th- I think they're going to meet. The defense is going to be much, much better. I think, uh, you know, Jim Schwartz has had got a pretty good track record. I don't think you got to worry about the defense. I think it's the offense that you really, I'm a little concerned with.
0: So you don't, you don't have to see it to believe it. With the defense, you think the changes they've made, you're good.
2: Yep, I think they're going to be better, man.
0: All right, love to hear it. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now I got faith in the offense. I, I would bet dollars to donuts. Why do you guys listening out here? You guys are more worried about the offense than you are the defense for a lot of the reasons we just talked about, and that the offense is such a focal point of today's game. But I told you I'm not worried about this offense. I'm not. Too many good weapons. Deshaun Watson's too good of a player in my mind. Stefanski knows how to call a game. He's going to scheme guys open. He got the keys to the Ferrari. I don't think he's going to crash into the side of the wall. I think he knows what to do defensively, I'm not just being a prisoner to what we watched in the preseason. I told you guys this a month and a half ago with the moves they made. This defense is going to be much better, much better. Pat in Delaware, up next on The Fan. Hello, Pat. Yo, Pat. Hey, John. Hey, what's up, Pat?
3: How you doing, buddy? Hey, uh, love the show. First time caller, man. Oh, cool. Thanks for calling in. Sure. Yes, sir. Um, I'll tell you, I, I, I totally agree. Um, if you look at the defense with the upgrades that we, uh, Andrew got in the off season and, uh, the, um, additions, I think they're going to be better. Uh, and I, I, I hear top five in that, but, uh, if, um, You know if they're even in the top 10 or 12 I think that's gonna help uh you know win a lot of games get the ball back for Deshaun and uh I think it'll be a a really exciting year so uh, you know we got to stay positive because I'm with you in the past and uh no respect uh disrespect to Joe Woods and that uh you know that defense uh didn't uh come through but uh I like what uh, Schwartz is doing and uh, the aggressiveness, uh, rotating the uh, Mm D-lines, getting up the field. It's just going to be, I think it's going to be really fun, Jonathan, to watch.
0: No doubt about it. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Yeah, 100% right. Now, he mentioned something there. Maybe like 8 to 10 to 12, somewhere in that range. I think he said 10 to 12. You know the Browns have not had a top-ten scoring defense since the 2014 season? Actually, in fact, they haven't had a top-ten scoring offense or defense, not only in the Kevin Stefanski era, but since that 2014 season. It's been nine years since they had a top-ten scoring offense or defense. Surprising, because they had an 11-5 and record without a top-ten scoring offense or defense. It's kind of remarkable if you think about it. It's very rare to have that happen. Chiefs got to the Super Bowl last year with the eighteenth scoring defense. You don't have to be the world's greatest. I'm not saying you gotta be top five. I can I believe they can be good enough, and they can have enough of those games where that you say to yourself, Wow, offense might as well they they could have been asleep at the wheel. Didn't matter what the offense did. The defense did so good that we won games because of them. Leave that there. We come on back. We're going to switch to college football. Brendan Gulick is going to join us with the latest around the Buckeyes. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwan here with you on the fan. So we got the Kent State game on in the studio on Fox Sports One. And there's lights out at UCF. UCF's up 21 to 3 and lights are out. Reminds me of the Canton Hall of Fame game that the Browns played in and lights were out. It's like, why? Why do these major places to hold sporting events always have the lights go out the most important times? Like don't they do dry runs of this? I know lighting is expensive, but don't they like don't they light up the lights for a couple weeks ahead of this to figure it all out? I go by Progressive Field basically every night and the lights are on most nights. And they're not just in the dark. Wild. Yeah, so uh Kent State UCF, I guess they're gonna have to figure that one out as they now play like it's funny because they're trying to do they're trying to do basically it's garbage time, is is essentially what it is. It's twenty one to three game, but they're doing garbage time conversation, and you can see like Nick Saban and Julian Edelman and they're flashing all the great Kent State players of past as they try to figure out how to turn the lights on at UCF. It's just weird. All right, let's go out to the North Homestead Chrysler, Jeep Dodge or Ram Hotline. Lights will never go out at the shoe. Uh mainly because Brendan Gula keeps him powered. That's what I heard, at least. Brendan, how you doing today, buddy? <laughs> Boy,
4: that's as good an intro as I've ever had. I, uh, I'm gonna have to keep that one. I'm great. How are you?
0: I, <laughs> hey, we're doing alright. I'm just sweating out a Kent State bet. That's all that's ever really going on with me. <laughs> uh, congratulations uh, publicly on your wedding, by the way. I know we talked on the phone, nice. but, uh, you know, last we talked previously, this, we did not discuss this, by the way. Last on the air we had talked was I gave you one piece of advice for your wedding. And I said, uh, around like 10, 10.30, you know, like, like most people say be sober the entire time. My piece yep. of advice was to make sure that around 10, 10.30 you let the hair down. Be sober for the important parts, but then make sure you do get trashed enough where that like you like, Hey, I just, I, you know, people saw me have a good time and I had a good time. <laughs> did you, did you let the hair down at a certain point?
4: I uh, I probably didn't take it as far as you did, but I certainly. Oh no, I didn't take it as far. Uh, I
0: didn't take it far at all. That was the problem, Brendan. Oh, that was the problem. I remained okay. relatively stone cold sober the entire <laughs> night, and then I woke up the next day and I was like, "That was dumb. Why <laughs> like, I should have got I should have got tainted at like ten o'clock." Uh,
4: I uh, I had an amazing time. Uh, I appreciate the the nice words, man. It was. It was really cool to wake up that morning and be like, Hey, this is, this is going to be the best, best day of my life. Like, all right, let's go do it. And, uh, wouldn't you know it? That's exactly how it turned out. It was oh, pretty awesome and true to correct. form. I mean, just, just so everybody knows that like, I'm just going to be authentic. You know, this is what I am. Leave it or take it or leave it. Uh, you know, we go to church, we get married. We, we take some pictures afterward. And what did we do? We went to the driving range, and I had Chipotle catered at the driving range. So we're all eating burritos, you know, a couple hours before the reception starts, and uh, had a couple of golf clubs there and uh, hit balls at the driving range. I even got even got a little video of my beautiful bride hitting a 7-iron on the driving range in her dress. Oh, that's so that was just awesome.
0: Did you, were you having a good day at the driving range, though, is the real question?
4: Yeah, I mean it was great. It didn't matter. You know, I flushed a few seven irons and, it, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay, because
0: it, it could go a bad way for me because if I'm having a bad day, that ruins the entire day. So you know what I mean? Like, I, I could be like, oh, no. I, imagine developing shanks on the day of your wedding day, and then you're expected to tough. do, like, your vows and everything, and you're like, I got the shanks. I can't think about anything else. Uh,
4: yeah, that would be a tough scene. But, uh, no, you, you got to step up to it with some confidence and let it rip
0: funny, just the other day I was, uh, I was, you know, hitting, hitting golf balls in my garage and then I go inside and, and, uh, my wife's like, she's like, oh, I just want to, you know, want to hang out for an hour or so and we'll talk and, you know, just have convos. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Sounds good. And, and then she just sees me just staring off into the abyss and she's like, oh man, you had a rough time outside in the garage, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah. You can tell I'm only thinking about that and not watching anything that's on the TV right now. And I'm not going to be happy until this gets resolved.
4: Oh, that is funny. I guess when you have a kid your golf game goes down the toilet,
0: huh? Oh, big time, man. Big time. Uh, well, big time.
4: I don't know uh I don't know what that's like. And uh I hope I never hope I never have to deal with the golf challenge part of that. Looking forward to hopefully having a family at some point. And uh it is it is my goal to incorporate having kids and playing golf. I'm I'm determined
0: oh my kid's getting a a scholarship to Stanford that's I don't oh, know if you're exactly, aware of this or not yet I think yeah. Ken would
4: say something like congratulations on all of you yeah,
0: yeah we got her we got her <laughs> lined up for the Stanford golf team it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice ride, Very I love nice it. ride. yeah uh Brandon Gulick joining us here at 923 the fan Kyle McCord devin Brown you always have to be thinking about can this guy beat Michigan can Kyle McCord beat Michigan I think so um but it, frankly
4: I think they both can um now I'm, I'm not gonna like at this point last year, I I said several times on our show like I thought Ohio State was going to win the national championship. I felt all year long they had the guys to do it, and you know they damn near did. It just just barely didn't happen. Um, I think Ohio State absolutely has the pieces to do it, but uh, you know you you can't feel any level of confidence. Um, that, that, you know, you realistically think, okay, we're going to do this until you start seeing what quarterback play looks like. Um, I've said several times, I think Kyle McCord is an NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he's a really? first round draft pick. I don't know that the kid's going to be a star, but Kyle McCord is a professional quarterback for sure. He is, he's Brian Hoyer. He's the kind of kid that can be in the league for a long time. He's intelligent. He's got a great arm. He does all the right things. He studies the right way. His teammates love him. Um, I, I truly believe Kyle McCord can play NFL football. Now, does that mean that he's going to be C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields by the time the next couple years are over? I, I have no idea. Um, but I, I think he is certainly good enough to be that guy. It's just you got to go out and be consistent. And the good news for him is, You know, he's got an embarrassment of riches everywhere he looks at skill positions. So as long as the offensive line, which granted has three new starters, uh, as long as they you know give him time to read the field, or Devin Brown for that matter, um, either one of these guys are going to find success. I mean, you can't cover Marvin Harrison for longer than two seconds. So as long as he's got time to make a decision, they're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, you know, it's a great point. I, I I kept thinking about that with McCord as well, like the idea that he, because he's got such good wide receivers, he's got such good weapons all around him, it's going to be pretty hard for him to just to fall flat on his face.
4: Yeah, he's not going to. He, he's going to be fine. Um, but how do you evaluate I mean, that well, then, you know? Well, and, and I, I think you evaluate it in some way, like it's, it's rhythm and flow of the offense. I mean, are your drives stalling or are they ending in scores, right? Uh, you know, th- those kinds of things. It's... <laughs> Ryan Day said, Look, I'm I'm not gonna pull a guy, whether it's Devin or Kyle. Not gonna pull him just because of some incomplete passes or interceptions. Like, you know, we need to kind of work our way through this thing. Um I mean Kyle McCord was a five star quarterback in high school. I mean, mm-hmm. he came in with all the hype because he's got all the tools. Um and he's gone about his business the right way. He never complained when CJ got the job. He kept his kept his nose down, he didn't transfer, like he's done all the right things here. So you know, he's been a little more consistent than Devin's been, and he's earned the opportunity to get the first crack. And now you got to just be ready to go and go execute and trust that, you know, when you're in practice every day, you're going up against a defense that's also really good. And are they the best defense in the country? I don't know. But they sure have a whole bunch of guys that are really talented. Um, You're not going to see too many other teams that are going to be, you know, way better than that. And, look, if we're being realistic about it here, Like, yes, they're opening against Indiana. It is a Big Ten team, and and so there are some guys on that roster that are are decent football players. But Indiana, after three and four years ago, having some serious, like, you know, success, the last two years they've stunk. They've won two games combined in conference the last two years. Uh, And their defense has been atrocious. Last Mm -hmm. year, Indiana gave up one of the worst passer ratings imaginable. Um, over the course of the season. A perfect passer rating is 153.8. And on the year, opposing quarterbacks had a 152.4 passer rating against the <laughs> So, I mean, I, I sort of expect that even if they've made some changes there, that it's not like oh, all of a sudden it's going to be like jeans out of the bottle and, you know, this is the best defense you've ever seen. Then you're playing Youngstown State in western Kentucky, so you're going to get you know a couple of weeks here to get your feet underneath you before you go play a Notre Dame team that you need to look good against.
0: If I were, and again, you know, take it for whatever it's worth. But if uh, if a random sports radio host that maybe you know, maybe you don't know, was uh, thinking about throwing some shekels down on Marvin Harrison Jr. for the Heisman, is that a is that a bad bet at twenty to one, or is that a, a nice bet to make? I like some value there. I don't think that's too shabby. I mean,
4: he's going to pass the eye test. Um, you know, he's he's always going to look the part. I think the you know part of the whole Heisman thing is like how first of all, how good do you have to be to be a non-quarterback to win that award anymore? And you kind of have to have the stats to back it up. Um, I I haven't looked at the odds. I'll tell you, I think it's probably a bit more likely that we see Caleb Williams win the Heisman this year than anybody else, in my opinion. But if it's not Caleb Williams, I think Marvin Harrison unquestionably is right there you you know the the heisman trophy doesn't go to the the best player always in college football it usually goes to the guy who has you know performed well who's got the stats to show it but like you know how do you evaluate whether caleb williams throws for three thousand yards in you know the, the first couple months of the season and uh marvin harrison has I don't know, let's say he has a, a monster stretch where he's at a 1,000 yards through eight games and he's got 10 touchdowns. Like, how do you decide who's better? Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. is... hes He was made in the lab. He's a freak. Like, he's an absolute bona fide top five pick in the draft right now, today. Um... I I would absolutely, if I were uh, a radio host that I may or may not know that wants to throw a few shekels down, uh, I don't give solicited advice on such things, but
0: if I did, you know, yeah, I might be interested. I'm just thinking, like, Caleb Williams, it is really hard for him to win back-to-back. I think we all understand that, right? And then if you're going off the Devontae Smith profile that won it a couple years ago, a lot of people made the argument that he propped up Mac Jones in that, but he had 1,500 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns, close to 100 receptions. I don't know. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. can do that.
4: Oh, yeah. It, well, I mean, he's, he is certainly capable of that. But again, like, I, I'm not trying to argue both sides of the coin here, but some of that is going to come down to, okay, does your quarterback play? Is it is it good enough to allow him to put up those kinds of stats? Because he'll get the targets. Like, <laughs> I don't care what quarterback it is in America. If you're playing for the Buckeyes and you step back in the pocket, your first thought is, all right, where's Marv? Like, let me find him because... If I throw it within, you know, five yards of him, he's probably going to somehow come up with a ball. Uh, so as long as Kyle and Devin get a chance to make throws, they can stay on their feet. Um, I I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a star. You know, I don't expect that we're going to see super gaudy numbers from a buka, but if you're just a Buckeye fan and you're looking to like watch some high end talent, um a is not going to get quite the same love that you'll see from marvin but a mecca is a human highlight reel i mean he is unbelievable so it's uh it's an embarrassment of riches and you're going to see carnell tate he's a true freshman wide receiver uh he's going to play and he's going to play a good chunk of time throughout the course of the year because he's earned it that's what the coaching staff said he is an extremely highly touted freshman wide receiver and just seems to be the next in line of these guys that are uh just getting turned out like crazy with uh, with what Coach Hartline's doing,
0: Brendan. We had a uh, Pete Futek on College Football News earlier today uh, on Afternoon Drive with Nick, and, and Nick asked him what was the what would be a failure for the Buckeyes. He said anything short of a national title is a failure for the Buckeyes. Do you believe in that?
4: Uh, you know, probably, but I I would say that like if they win a national championship but lose to Michigan, that's going to feel like a failure because it's it's you know, in that scenario, it's three straight losses. <laughs> um, you know, I—I oh. I, I didn't know there was I, a way to
0: up that ante to that answer, but you did it. That was impressive.
4: I mean, there is an element
0: in in this fan base where,
4: like, you you want to win the national championship, right? I mean, that's that's the goal, but you can't lose that game. You just can't. It's a way of life, and it's and frankly, it is that way because they put that pressure on themselves, right? It's not like college football fans and other fan bases are like, oh, see Ohio State, you lost to Michigan, you must not be very good. Like The Buckeyes make it exceptionally clear that their number one goal in order starts with beat the team up north. They They not only don't shy away from it, they lean into it publicly. And so you create this you know, this aura around the game, which is so much fun as a fan, but man, there's a lot of things that can happen in, in a game. And when you lose that game, it sucks. When you lose it two years in a row, it sucks. And by the way, when you, you kind of get punched in the mouth back to back years, like that's really hard to swallow. And, you know, I'm, I'm not here to like put Ryan day on the hot seat. I like Ryan day a lot. I hope he coaches in Columbus a long time. Um, truthfully, one of my favorite coaches I've ever covered, um, Losing three years in a row to Michigan will not sit well. I'm not saying it's going to cost him his job for sure. I can promise you it's not going to sit well down there. So even if they win the national championship, I I think honestly because of the expectations they put on themselves, if you don't beat Michigan, you could consider the season a failure no matter how many other games you win.
0: Fantastic insight as always. Brendan, tell people where they can find you with the latest Buckeye coverage.
4: Yeah, we got a ton of stuff going on. Buckeyesnow.com. So it's the, uh, it's the Fan Nation Network, uh, channel on the Sports Illustrated Network. Um, so com. We're on all the social media platforms at Buckeyesnow underscore FN for Fan Nation. Uh, and we do a live stream every morning, um, seven days a week, 7 a.m. on our YouTube channel. And then we'll post the audio afterward any, anywhere you like to find your favorite podcast. It's called Buckeye Breakdown and, uh, we look at the team from a lot of different angles, have a chance to talk to coaches and players. And so we, we share plenty of that info. And, um, you know, last couple days we've given pretty detailed scouting reports on what to expect with Indiana and we'll be on site for every game this year. So Buckeye Breakdown podcast and, uh, Buckeyesnow.com.
0: Fantastic. Seven days a week. I love the grind. Oh, yeah. Love the grind. 7 a.m., baby. Love Come it. on up with us. That's early. I'll do it. All right. Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate you as always. <laughs> Take care, man. Sounds good. Hey, put a shekel at two for me, huh? Yeah, right. I, I don't worry. I, I sprinkled it in. You got a little cut coming your way. No worries. I love it. I love it. Talk Thank you, you, Brendan. Soon. Have a good one. Brendan Gulick right there on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. We'll talk about that. 216474 to below 92. Whoo. I thought Pete was going to get as hot as it got today when it came to the expectations for the Buckeyes this year. Brendan found a way to high. He anted it up. He got it higher. You could win the national title but lose to Michigan and you'd still find the year as a failure? It's incredible to me. We'll talk about that and also the latest within that quarterback situation. Your phone calls and more, 216-474-0092. It's overtime with Jonathan the Beetle and here with you on the fan. What does success look like for the Buckeyes this year?
3: Win the national championship or failure. That, that, that's it. That, what, I mean, yeah, you lost to Michigan, so kick goes straight. You're winning the national title. I mean, that's that's basically what it came down to. Michigan game didn't matter. You know, uh, you know they get the TCU at the end there. So win it. it. Look, they're as talented as anybody. They had Georgia beat. They new one stop. They're, they could beat Georgia. There are only a couple teams that can actually win the national title.
0: That was the voice of Pete Futek earlier today on afternoon drive talking about Ohio State and their chances. I, I loved it. Brendan Gulick, he won up. He raised the ante on what Pete Futek had to say. When I heard Pete say it, I thought, oh boy, that is an extremely aggressive take. Honestly, that's what I thought. I was like, wow, that's incredible that Pete is going down and saying that. Because as we know, when you get to the playoff, it's just, it's more of a crapshoot than it is anything else. Look at what happened to that Georgia Ohio State game not for the injury in the fourth quarter, hell, if not for a missed field goal at the very end as the clock struck midnight. Never forget that. I went to a New Year's Eve party. My wife was pregnant at the time. We went to a New Year's Eve party instead because she really wanted to go to a New Year's Eve party, and you don't tell seven-month pregnant women no. And so we went, and, and she was like, I was watching the game over people's shoulders in the buffet line. And then, obviously, you know, we ended up, we, we did the party, we did the thing, but she was she was pregnant, so we ended up just leaving, and we made it home by like 11.15. And then the clock struck midnight, I'm in my bed, and I'm watching as the, the missed kick happened. But you're right there is the point. You're right there. Ohio State was right there, but Gulick raised it up. You can win a national title, but a loss to Michigan might make the season a failure. I, I think he's right is the sad part, but it's laughable is the reality. How you can achieve what is supposed to be the true end goals of the season and the, the pinnacle of the season, but Ohio State has just raised those expectations for what a season is and has put such high importance on the Michigan game that you don't even think about the national title as being the best thing or the best part of the year. It's incredible to me. Now there is the other part of that coin, and that we might end up having because the Big Ten change and, and the divisional changes, we might end up having Ohio State, Michigan, and back-to-back weeks if we were to end up in that scenario. Because you might end up seeing them at the end of the season, then in the Big Ten title game, and then he, who even knows with the playoff and everything thrown in the mix? Wow, I like it though. to 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-92. Mac and Akron up next on the Fan of well Mac. Hey, what's going on, Jonathan? Yeah, what's up, Mac?
2: Oh uh, hey, uh, I just had some thoughts. You know, if a national championship in, or bust is the line this year, I don't see how we uh, I don't see how we come up, come out on top. I mean, how are we gonna go into the big house and compete against a Michigan team that is what just as good or more experienced than they were last year? Or I think we should have been taking Luke Fickle. And taking our shots there because Ohio or Ryan Day's at the podium begging for a hundred thousand dollars just to compete against Michigan.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I honestly, I I don't know, Mac. <laughs> I I don't know. It's gonna be crazy. I think you just hope that you get in the playoffs and then just random things can happen. It's like getting in the postseason with baseball and then you're just you're just in a one game scenario and just maybe you're the better team that day.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it really is going to come down to that, and who comes out with the uh, the better night of sleep, and who and Penn State's coming out of the uh, the woodworks now too, and we got a Heisman candidate preseason coming from there.
0: Yeah, I talked Penn State over the weekend, and thank you, Mac. I appreciate it. My my producer on CBS Sports Radio was a Penn State fan, and so he just he shoehorned in Penn State conversations, and I threw a couple different things about like their fourth receiver, at him. He was in a mental pretzel. He did not know what to he did not know what to expect after I did that. I'm not as concerned about Penn State. In my mind it's still a two team Big 10 race. And honestly, that's going to be the weird part of this season. If Ohio State ends up in the Big 10 title game against Michigan and we just got to redo the game a week after we did the game. And you guys know you've watched college football long enough to understand it is incredibly hard to beat a team back to back weeks. If they beat Michigan I don't know how you can possibly think about getting rid of Ryan Day, even if he falls short of a title. But if you lose back-to-back weeks to Michigan, or dare I even say the game to Michigan, what's going to be weird is that week in between. Again, they got rid of division, so the best two records are going to end up in the Big Ten title game. They made that change for a couple different reasons, but a big part of it was the fact that Michigan in the previous two years had beaten and won the Big Ten title 85-13 to or something ridiculous. It was by like 70 points, an insane amount over those two games, and it made the TV ratings an absolute dumpster fire. But I can't imagine that week in between. What happens if you split against Michigan? You lose the first, you win the Big Ten title, then does it come down to what you do in the playoff? Uh, it's incredible the expectations are truly through the roof and it's amazing how quick Ryan day has been able to uh be on the hot seat while simultaneously being one of the few teams in college football that everyone gives a realistic chance to winning a title this year two one six four seven four to below ninety two Matt up next on the fan well Matt how are you tonight hey Jonathan how's it
2: going good 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 what's up man hey so I, I think the problem that I have is that like, I don't think Ryan Day has the, I, I don't know, like the aggression to say Kyle McCord's not, not performing up to snuff. Like, I don't think he has that instinct that like Nick Saban had where he looked at like Jalen Hurts, I think it was what, 2018 where Hurts, Hurts had a 17 to 1 or something ridiculous touchdown interception ratio and like had a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Saban in the national championships, like, okay, this isn't mm-hmm. good enough. through into it. Yeah, I don't think Ryan Day yeah. has that. I mean, like, like, uh, I don't think Ryan Day has that. And I'm going to be honest. Like, like I, it, like, I don't care if he was your high school quarterback. High school and college are two different animals. Like, like we had a guy, uh, uh, so this disc- disclosure, I was a Perry grad from, uh, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a guy that went through, uh, through, uh, college at, or uh, through Perry High School, I think his name was uh, Luke Farrell, uh played for Ohio State, was mm-hmm. was like, uh, you know, a man amongst boys in high school, but, you know, was only able to do so much, and I don't know if that was just because Ohio State didn't really use a tight end, but I think just because you're, like, you know, this, like, dynamic duo in high school doesn't mean that, like, it's, you know, it's going to be, like, great in college. Like, you know, you have different... Different schemes, different setups. Who I, oh, I got to feel the NFL like like
0: too? By the way, it's not like he was a you know he's no
2: slob. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I know. He's like I'm just saying, like you know, it's just, it's just a different animal. That's, for sure. That's a comparison I was.
0: Oh no, for sure, and I, 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 and I think I need to make that clear uh, clarification. A lot of our listeners might not know you're talking about Kyle McCord, and Marvin Harrison Junior playing at the same high yeah. school. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but like I, I feel like. If if you're Kyle McCord, you've been there for this long, you, and you still haven't like won the battle against Devin Brown, they should to be setting up a lot of red flags. And I feel like that's it's gonna like it's gonna be a 2015 situation all over again, where you have the offense, you have like when you had guys like Zeke that were just. So over the uh, the the way the offense was being run, so that- Matt, let me ask you this though. I
0: wondered when they put that name out there initially. I wondered if it was like a USC situation with Sam Darnold in 2016, where they were like, oh, mm-hmm. he's going to get a couple reps here and there, but then ultimately it was like, yeah, of course, Sam Darnold was always going to be the starter. I wondered if it was one of those type situations. And uh, but I'm looking at Kyle McCord. I just don't see how he'd fail in order to even set that up the same way. Yeah, but like
2: like I think well, here's the thing too. I think everyone's. You know, certainly in that Michigan game, what about going into Notre Dame with Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest, uh, I, I think Wake Forest transfer. If he comes in there and, and like Ohio State gets like, you know, in a, in a, in a track meeting against Notre Dame and, lo- it, dare I say, loses, uh, you know, on primetime on NBC with the, with the whole country watching. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and then you have to go disasters. into the big house later that year. I, I can't see how, like, Buckeye Nation is going to let Ryan Day survive this year. Like, like, it, like, either you have to make a, you, you have to either like make a move at that point, or like, if McCord isn't cutting it, you got to start looking at Brown because it, I mean, otherwise, you know, I Devin Brown's going to end up going to L.F.U. next year, probably winning the Heisman. That just seems like our luck.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you. Thank you, Matt. Good call, as always. Uh, what's fascinating, I was—I don't think, even if he lost to Notre Dame, I don't think they'd give up on him only because of what you saw last year. Right? Like doesn't that have to come into some equation, right? I, I, I would think so. I i, I don't know. Well, it's tough. I Back at the main point, though, and the bigger point that I want to get to, I got my years confused. That's why I'm going through and I'm like, I'm like, what, what year was it where they, they started off early in the season and they've lost to Oregon? That was 2021, not 2022. My mistake there. College football, life moves fast, right? Remember that though? 2021, he lost, he lost in week two to Oregon and then he, he went up until that Michigan game and that was loss number two and then they were out. And I remember after week two, people losing their minds. If that happens again, if they lose to Notre Dame, I don't think people are going to lose their collective minds the same way that they would have in 2021, let's say, and take it out on Ryan Day. But, uh yeah, you'd have to beat Michigan and run the table. There's no other way around it because the only way you get into the playoff is being a one-loss Big Ten title team. So you have to then beat Michigan, and then you have to run the table in order to save your gig. As, as it pertains to the quarterback situation, though, it's a fascinating question. Does he have the stones to say Kyle McCord you're out, Devin Brown, you're in? And how do you judge that? It's incredibly hard, I think, to do so with the amount of wide receiver talent that Ohio State has. I leave that there, we we'll come on back. We're gonna go to the fan focus. We'll get back to this a little bit later on in the program. It's overtime with Jonathan Pietlin here with you on the fan.